Hello and welcome to episode eight. It's getting close to the end. Not the end. I mean, it might be, but I was only really referring to the end of the series, which is fast approaching. This is the Decade Podcast, the podcast that takes an in-depth look into the 2021 project started by comedian Mark Watson. I'm your host, Chris Jack. I'm a little bit like Mark, except if I'm meant to be live at five, I'm actually live at five, not 3.40pm on a Thursday. I would trade my punctuality for talent in a heartbeat. Speaking of talent, what a wonderful guest we've got for you today. Absolute legend of the community, it's Kimberly, and you'll all know her from her incredible colouring books. It's wall-to-wall drawing and colouring books, this one, although the C does slip in at one point. Please enjoy the Decade Goals of Kimberly. Welcome, Kimberly, to the Decade Podcast. It's lovely having you. Thank you very much. Good to be here. Cool. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Busy. Busy. Just busy in general with life? What's going down? Well, it's just a nice time of the year, isn't it? Coming up to Christmas and having lots of orders come in. Be nice uh, to be this busy all the time. <laughs> but is that is is it primarily um, work related in terms of Christmas orders coming in? You're filling envelopes. You're doing everything that needs to happen. Yeah, filling envelopes, sorting wax seals, all of that jazz. Is that generally your day to day? Just filling envelopes at the moment. Yeah, pretty much drawing and filling envelopes aside from that do you enjoy this time of the year no it's dark are you are you more of a summer person then yeah festivals edinburgh sunshine well maybe not sunshine but light (laughs) i don't like to be too hot no i don't to be fair but it's not really an issue in this country most of the time Weather, the weather's probably the best bit about this country at the moment. Oh, God, that's really bleak. <laughs> oh, we've started off on such a great topic, um, the state of the country and the weather. It's just, it's it's all uphill from now. We normally start by asking our guests to introduce themselves. Yes, uh, so I'm Kimberly Rose, and I'm the colouring book girl, woman. Girl's probably a bit kind. <laughs> So have you given this moniker to yourself or do you think people talk about you as the colouring book girl stroke woman? I think I'm known as the colouring book person, the the, the one with the weirdo with the colouring books. Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to restart the podcast. I'm going to go, welcome colouring, colouring book weirdo to the Decade Podcast. It's lovely having you here. I mean, I, yeah, I'm probably being a bit self-deprecating, but... Yeah, I think certainly within, like, the decade kind of community and, like, the comedy community, like, that's probably the thing that I am known for. I imagine a, have you seen this woman picture outside comedy clubs, but it's a drawing that you've done of yourself. (laughs) What, that I'm not allowed in? (laughs) Actually, to be honest, that sounds like a really good merch line and a really good advertising like campaign for you do you really want it <laughs> so uh, i i do think it's an affectionate term do you embrace the moniker of coloring book what is it co- co- let's go coloring book queen let's let's <laughs> of course let's go co- do you embrace the moniker of coloring book queen yeah i do i do i love it i love it i, I love doing it i love the fact that like this is what i get to do i get to yeah, I get to draw, like, all day, every day, like, and I get to draw the stuff that I'm passionate about, which is comedy, like, I get to 
work sometimes with comedians that I, you know, really admire. I get to harass them after gigs and get them to sign my colouring books and have them be like, oh, yeah, like, I've seen this online kind of thing. Has it happened to you yet where it's, have you had that moment where you've walked in and go, I drew that? Before I knew Kirsty, like that, when I was in Edinburgh in 2021, I'd just done um, some No More Jockeys canvas bags. I'd done a Kickstarter for that. And I didn't know Kirsty at the time and I didn't recognise her from anything. And she was walking around with one of those bags. And I just turned to some other friends from like BTL and whatnot. Yeah. I, I did that. That's my bag, <laughs> which was nice. But yeah, that was that was one of those sorts of moments. Yeah. I think the first thing that I ever said to her was, I made that. <laughs> really chill, like super chill. And she went, Oh my god, are you the are you the colouring book queen? <laughs> this was pre-colouring book queen status. It was like a an yeah, it was something that I'd embroidered rather than the colouring stuff is not quite post decade, but not not very much before. It's very much tied up with the decade project i would say how did you first hear about the decade project so i have been going to mark shows i've been a a fan of marks since uh i was about 16 i like used to go and see him in edinburgh and stuff and saw him on tour and whatnot so um i was very aware of the stuff that he was doing during lockdown like the 24-hour shows and no more jockeys and then i joined Below the Line during the last online 24-hour show that he did and made some friends through that. Was really good friends with Sam. And she, I think there might have been a slight concern from Mark that the show in Edinburgh was going to be empty. And so I was I was at the first show. I, I went oh. to that year and was I didn't participate um, in the show, but I was in the audience for that very first show. So I so was aware of it because of being friends with Sam and because of like following Mark's work and stuff like that. So I, I've spoken to two other people um, that were in the that very first audience. Sam, who does not remember a thing, and Alex, who remembers very little about that day. Yeah. So are you able to furnish any information about the first decade show? Yeah, well, I remember Alex being on stage and uh, his mum phoning during it. I remember that being really funny. He was, like, up on stage talking and this telephone call going through and Mark answering it. That was very funny. And I, there was... The, have you spoken to the person who was going to watch all the films? They spoke no. as well. Yeah, they were. I think they were aiming to watch, like... Didn't like a, a silly number of films over the ten years, and was like going to document it. At, at that time, did it did it feel like a whim of Mark's, or did it feel like something that you could get involved in? Everything feels like a whim of Mark. That doesn't mean you shouldn't get involved. <laughs> Do you know what? As I was saying that sentence, I knew what the answer was going to be. Of course, if it's a whim of Mark's, you've got to get a whim of Mark's. You've got to get involved. Did it inspire you a little bit on the day or were you just thinking, oh, this is just a nice evening of comedy? Uh, I think I was already feeling quite inspired at the concept of it. I thought it was quite an interesting thing. It was nice to see the good work that Sam and the team had put into BTL was being kind of 
built upon. I liked, you know, that as a as a concept. But yeah, like all, all of the decade shows that I've been to, there's been a sense of kind of like, I'm not going to articulate myself well here, but like this feeling of like coming together and that things are achievable. And it, it, I've always left feeling quite positive about the whole thing. And I haven't always felt positive, like not to be negative, but I haven't always felt positive about how it was going for me. But certainly those um, events are always really uplifting and really positive. I, one of the things for, for me, I mean, I'm, I'm quite a negative person myself, but I do think that even when you're being negative towards yourself or being negative yourself in general, it's nice that you can then be positive for other people or that wave of positive in the community and from the group. And I think you're absolutely right. It does come across in either the live shows or the Zoom that, oh my God, these people are doing things. It might be big, it might be small, but like, oh, I might be able to do something too. From the live show, did you, were you sort of like signing up straight away or was it something you had to think about or was it just, oh yeah, well, I'm going along with this whim of Mark? Well, Mark had already been like, you have to, email me well maybe not have to because you know what he's like but like he'd the 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 general outline was to send your goals to him before the show so I had I'd got them in just before I think maybe maybe not even a day because I think I did them on the train up to Edinburgh so I don't think it can have been very far in advance but I had got them in it wasn't something that I kind of was doing afterwards because I'm a real follower, because I'm autistic. <laughs> so I'd got them in beforehand. They've obviously like evolved and stuff since then, but I, I had emailed him, I, you know. Well, I do like that, Mark said I had to. Get them in by this date. I'm going to get them in by this date. I remember kind of having that feeling, but I also remember kind of sitting and going, I don't know what I'm going to plan for. for t- I, I had one thing in mind, but that was, that was it. And then seeing everyone else kind of contribute and stuff was, oh, this is more than just that interesting the different layers of it like from kind of quite flippant silly things to like very deep or you know it's it's an interesting range that we've got across well like across individuals and across the the whole sphere of of the community yeah I think that's right right so an individual can have can go from oh I want to get married and start a family to I want to watch every James Bond film in French, just in an individual. And then from a community, you have got everyone that that as well. It's I want to travel the world to I want to be really good at um, playing poker or, or whatever it is. I think that's yeah. the range is just incredible. And it and it kind of goes, oh, I want to get involved in that. What's, what's going on there? Like, like you kind of then get interested in X amount of subjects and, and, and people and what were your goals originally? So I had a few varying ones. Um, so one thing that's very different to the to my main goals, which is the colouring book stuff, is um, we want to move to the seaside because I am a swimmer and I love being by the ocean and that would be really good for my mental health. So that is kind of one of the more serious ones. And then I'd kind of, I was dabbling with doing sort of comedy things. So like, doing embroideries and stuff like that. So one of my targets was to have official merchandise. So I wanted somebody to work with me, someone from the comedy, you know, some sort of comedian or podcast or, you know, TV show or whatever to work with me to create something. But I didn't know what that would look like at that point. 
And then kind of a few months, maybe a year later, that became, I think that I could do this colouring book thing properly. And yeah, I went down this rabbit hole of like, you see certain people who, who've been really successful with it, who aren't as good as me, I will point out, I'm going to be arrogant. But like, you, you see their stuff like on like Waterstones website and things like that. And they've got like all sorts of stuff. And you're like, okay, well, maybe I could do this. Maybe this is something that I could do properly. And I mean, I haven't yet. <laughs> I've, I've ticked the box of official merch, thanks to Trusty Hogs. That's like something that I'm amazing. Like, I'm so proud of that. Like, really, really proud. But yeah, it became this like target of having this like making the colouring book thing. Uh, uh, got my little decade book. And I think it's written down as colouring book empire in a really, really twatty way. You've got your decade book. It says number two, collaborate on official merchandise, brackets, no context colouring book empire, which makes me sound like a proper dickhead. Could you do something for me? Could you hold up the front of the, um, the decade book? The front? Yeah. Yeah. Because this is weird, because I drew that. Yeah, I think you had. I'm talking to an actual artist about colour who's held up a book something that I drew on the front of it, which is, for the listener, the decade symbol. I knew someone had done it. I didn't realise it was you. Yeah, I just uh, ironed on to a little folder. Where did the idea for colouring and colouring books come from for you? Well, I like I already had a business doing crafting, but during lockdown, when it was quite difficult to kind of when it was quite difficult to get stuff, and you weren't wanting to like go out or order anything in and make the posty kind of do extra trips or anything, I was kind of looking for something that I could do that would mean that I wasn't having to get kind of supplies and also things that I could send out electronically to people and still be selling stuff I would still and and it would be something for people to do in like obviously what was a really shit time so that's where it came from originally and then during Mark's first 24-hour show I set myself the task of trying to draw one drawing from the show for each hour which was I mean, the quality of those was low (laughs) and got lower and lower as the hours went on. In terms of quality, are you able to go back and look at them now or are they that bad? Oh, I can look at them, but they're shameful. Like, they're honestly, like, not only was I only just starting out and so wasn't very good generally, I also was sleep deprived. Some of the time I was drunk. I was trying to do them in a very short time frame. So like everything was going against me. <laughs> so they are truly horrendous, like really borderline offensive to some of the people that I'd draw. <laughs> yeah, so that was the next step. Then I was like, oh, I'll I'll see about throwing something together like an A to Z of Taskmaster because I love Taskmaster and I've always loved it. I've watched it since series one, but then obviously during, again, during lockdown, it was something that was, that again, like we rewatched to get us through and whatnot. And yeah, so that was the first kind of proper one that I did. And again, that one I look back on and I'm like, you can see how I've developed definitely even just looking at that one which is exponentially better than the what's on a thing (laughs) drawings since then you've had a progression throughout each of the different books and you've done so you're developing in both your skill and also the final output 
Yeah, definitely. So it started with Mark, Taskmaster, and it's led on to lots of different things I can see. Do you generally kind of go for the, the shows and stuff that you're interested in? Obviously, I've touched on the fact that I'm autistic and ADHD, but I tend to go off like special interests because of hyperfixations. I don't want to kind of get halfway through and then get obsessed with something else and then go off. So um, it's better to pick something that I'm passionate about and I'm going to be able to, it's going to hold my focus. And I think as well, you get a better product if it's something that the person knows about and is passionate about because I try and put like Easter eggs and things in. I think you would know if someone was faking it, I think you wouldn't get as good a product if it was someone who was just doing it who wasn't a fan. So I want it to be authentic. I want it to be fan-made for fans because that's where you get the best merch. I think that definitely comes across, particularly with the Mark stuff and the, the What's on Averse. It was lovely when you've kind of done the Kickstarter campaign to kind of get those little bits in that people can kind of link to and engage with more because you right said it's by fans for fans and as you say you can see that come across I think. that is what i'm kind of striving for and how did the trusty hog stuff come about partly thanks to you i think i'd done a very morose post on twitter because there'd been a lot of either rejections or kind of passing me by or no replies and stuff and that's not good for anybody but i also suffer from rsd which is rejection sensitivity dysphoria which means that I take things a lot more personally and it feel like the emotions linked with rejection are a lot more extreme. So I would I was feeling really fed up and I think you commented with just a really nice response. And I think that just buoyed me up enough to put myself out there one more time. So I'd been doing the Trusty Hogs drawings because I love the podcast. I'm a massive, massive fan. And so I just, I always post the pictures on the drawing, my drawings on Twitter. I'll sometimes tag people in. And Catherine Bohart had seen it and had retweeted it, saying something nice about it. And I just thought, well, I'm just going to throw my hat in the ring. And so I literally just quite a throwaway comment was like, if you ever wanted to do it officially, then, you know, slide it my dms and then they did that must have been a lovely moment for you yeah it was amazing it was very overwhelming i remember it really vividly it was like a really rainy day and i kind of was so overwhelmed about it i just went for a walk in the rain <laughs> and was like i can't reply immediately because i'm just like because obviously it was, it was such a big part of the decade goal and it was one that i obviously i hoped would happen but i didn't necessarily think would happen so yeah it was really lovely and they've been great they've been just a dream to work with really nice aside from coloring books you mentioned the sea and wanting to live near seaside is that how's that progressing that is the question that everyone we know asks us every time that they see us and every single time we're like well we're still planning on but there's no rush because it's moving house is so goddamn stressful and buying this place was horrendous and the thought of selling this and buying somewhere is very overwhelming so it's very much one of those things that is bit by bit baby steps over the last year, we did loads of stuff to kind of get the house into a sellable condition. Uh, of course, then we went and lived our lives for a few months and all of those things have become undone. And now we're not back at square one, but 
we've rewound back and those things need touching up again so like the things that were painted uh need repainting and yeah the garden that had been de-weeded needs de-weeding again but we yeah baby steps it is something that that we will do within the 10 years we just haven't yet where did the yearning for the seaside come from I've always loved water. I've always loved the sea. I just, I love being in water. I love swimming. I, I, I just always have. And then again, lockdown, I joined the hordes of people who were doing wild swimming. And I love that. And it's really good for my mental health. But we live in like Manchester at the minute. So it's quite difficult to find places that are picturesque and peaceful and whatnot. So there's that. And then Adam is a long distance runner. He does like, he loves running in the hills. So the plan is to be in North Wales. So I would have the sea and he would have the mountains. And that's the the general goal. But we're in a nice position where we don't need to move. We just want to move. But although that's a nice position to be in, it also means there's no rocket up our asses to make us do something that's scary but it's that i suppose bringing back to the 10 years feels like a nice length of time to manage that within because it's not as you say not something you want to rush into it's kind of operational goal within that time like if if it happens great if it does then it's still something we want to do with our lives and if it steps towards that over the next 10 years it's a good Mm -hmm. thing yeah things that things are very light up in the air just generally as well aren't they for like making a big move. That's that. I just, that sounds like just a really nice goal. So, so with your your two goals, you've got it's that work life balance, I suppose. I'm very lucky that because I was a teacher for ten years. Speaking of work life balance, and at that point, I had no. It was work and no life. And so, being able to do the work that I do now means that I have a life back. So they're both about work life balance, I guess. Have your decade goals changed over time? Certainly the official merch one has has had to kind of evolve and expand because especially now I've kind of ticked that goal. So some people might think, oh, well, great, that can <laughs> that can go on the sideline. Whereas, no, it just evolves and it just becomes, well, can I do it again? Can I trick anyone else into working with me? You know, can I keep doing it? So I suppose that is the... The rollover. Was it surprised that it came so quickly after you wrote it down? Or does it feel quick to you? I think it's a bit of both. Like it, because you're right, it is quite quick. It was like two years out of the 10. So obviously that's, that's incredibly quick. But when you're kind of putting yourself out there all the time for two years, that also feels very slow, <laughs> if that makes sense. I think, you know, I'm really thrilled that I did it so quickly. But it didn't necessarily feel quick all the time. <laughs> okay, but I suppose if you'd got to the end of the 10 years and then it had happened, would it have felt as good as it feels to you now? Or would have it felt, I've got to the end of the 10 years and this is all I've got, even though it's quite a big achievement? Or do you feel like now you can kind of go, two years in, brilliant, that's the step. I've done the official merchandise, I can kind of just push on from there. I guess in some ways it might have felt better after 10 years to have finally got there but also I don't think I would still have been putting myself out there I think that that goal might have slipped away I don't know that I could have kept going through the rejection for 10 years 
I don't know how people keep doing that, whether it's writing a book, artistry or comedy or whatever, whatever it is to keep kind of year after year pushing yourself for very little back, I think must be quite a drain on, on the individual. So at least you've had that little bit back in the short term, which I'm hoping is going to yeah. to do more. Yeah, well, that's one that's one positive that's come about from that goal that I wouldn't have necessarily thought of is that I am getting tougher and I am getting better at putting myself out there. And part of that will definitely be because of having those little wins. So like get, being invited onto the Taskmaster People's podcast was a massive win for me. That felt amazing. And then obviously having then the trusty hogs a few months later, that was another major win. So that obviously has made me a lot more confident, but also keep just incrementally doing more and more things means that I'm a lot more yeah I am putting myself out there a lot more with the support of friends from BTL and Decade I am definitely you know I'm I'm emailing people again and following things up because a major issue with me is that I don't want to be a pain I, I I don't want to disturb people or bother people and so i I, I make myself smaller and you can't do that if you're trying to, if you have the goals that, or the goal that I have, you need to be willing to bother people, I guess. And so I am getting better at that. So in Edinburgh this year, I'd had flyers made up and I was just bobbing them on tables and at the church fest. I don't know if you remember, but I wasn't brave enough even to hand my flyers out to other people who were there, Sam and maybe you and some other people took over and I kind of ran away. Whereas now I'm kind of handing them out to like comics and people who run comedy festivals or uh, comedy nights and things like that to, to, yeah, just to try and to try and just get my name out there, I guess. Cause you did fix poster, didn't you? Yes. Yeah. That is something I wanted to talk about as well. That was like another amazing opportunity that I'm really proud of. Like, cause again, like, she contacted me which is lovely because I wasn't in a position to at that point to kind of approach other people so that was like really lovely that she asked me to do that and I'm really proud of it. It's another benefit of the Decade project is a lot of people that are sort of decaders or decade adjacent are involved in some of the circles that might be able to help or support you Mm -hmm. in different ways maybe that opportunity that she's given you makes another comics here or they see the the tweet or they see the poster and actually it then kind of just rolls from there and actually you get either repeat business or more business or gives you better opportunities do you see a progression from colouring books or because are there other creative endeavours that you want to do around drawing and kind of expanding the brand? I've been doing sort of more coloured in like sort of stickers or things that could go on things and whatnot and I've been chatting to Trusty Hogs again about maybe doing something with those designs but the colouring book feels like a US USP like that feels like something that that I do when I do well like, I feel like there's a lot of people that can do or do do other things. This is where I've become very self-deprecating. Do other things better than me. And therefore, I'm inclined to stick with 
the coloring books, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it won't evolve. And I, you know, I am, like I say, I have mentioned to Trusty Hogs that if they ever wanted anything doing with any of the designs that I've done, they're very welcome to them and stuff. So it's not something that I'm against. You know that you are the best coloring book person, hands down. Do you need any help or support in achieving your decade goals? This is the question that I struggled with the most and I haven't planned anything for. Like I say, I'm not above nepotism. Like, if anyone can help, (laughs) if anyone's got any contacts, then I will happily um, take them up. Like, retweets and stuff really, really help. Getting my stuff seen is, is really useful as much as, you know, as much as anything. Like, there are lots of little things that can really help me and, you know, my colouring book empire <laughs> succeed. But is it more about is it more about inspiring yourself or is it more about growing the brand brands and the business side of things? Or is it kind of a combination of the both of both? The dopamine definitely helps. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. But um but no, like it's it is just it's getting out there and getting seen and I I don't have a particularly I mean, I don't have a massive following i don't really know how x works and musk is doing his best to make it untenable anything that could potentially fall into the lap of either like obviously sales are lovely as well so either people who would like my stuff but then beyond that any comics who are looking for some unique merchandise i guess like the the main issue that I've come up against time and time and again with the this as a goal is that I just have no clue how colouring books work in terms of, you know, like, obviously you see colouring books in, in shops all the time. Like, I can't seem to get my head around, like, how that all works in terms of, like, publications and do I need to be signed by some sort of, publisher or like all of that is super overwhelming when you use the phrase i don't know how coloring books work because like shouldn't you just get some fill it in i mean i'm a bit of an idiot but I, i'm pretty sure i can manage that you're right that is a question if if you write a novel you get a publisher and the publisher yeah. there's loads of people in the decade who know all about that sort of thing but i can't I, I can't learn anything from them because it's it's not the same thing. There must be a way, because you're right, and I think certainly over the last kind of five, ten years, there's been the kind of growth in kind of adult colouring book. But yeah, someone must publish those. Yeah. I feel like maybe that's on me to to work out, but it's it. I just get overwhelmed. Okay, right. Decaders, you know what to do. Find out I want emails, I want letters, I want phone calls. You find out who publishes colouring books and you get back to Kimberly now. Go, go, go. So it's all about retweeting, it's about poor, and it's about finding out how to publish colouring. Thank you, Kimberly, for joining me on the Decade Podcast. It's been absolutely lovely having you. Thanks for having me. And is there anything the Queen of Colouring Books would like to say to that say to her people? Uh, just if you um if you need any Christmas presents then uh, or know any comics, tell them to hit me up. Well, wasn't that great?
It was lovely that the Queen of Colouring Books could grant us an audience. Fabulous talking with Kimberly. Please check out all of the great stuff she does online. Two episodes left. Join me next week for episode nine. In the meantime, you're all solid gold legends.